12 minutes. Good morning, podcast review 997 Seagull Jurassic Park, one minute time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And today we're here to discuss minute 77 of Lost World. Okay, first up this week, uh, a little bit of news. We've got Pop Vinyl and uh, Funko have uh, released concept art for their upcoming Jurassic Park line. And interesting, it's Jurassic Park and not Jurassic World. Um, yeah. We've got uh, three animals and four figures. Um, Dennis Nedry, Alan Grant, John Hammond, and Doc, Dr. Malcolm. And for the dinosaurs, mm-hmm. we got the T-Rex, the Raptor, or a Velociraptor, um, Dilophosaurus. And there is a, another figure that um, is separate to them, and something we haven't really seen with Pop Vinyl before, and that's a vehicle with Dr. Ellie Sattler inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that um, <clears throat> a lot of people were disappointed that Ellie wasn't among the original lineup that we read about. And so it's really great to see that we got uh, Ellie and, an Ellie figure in the Jeep there. Yeah, it's yep. Jurassic Jeep. I wonder if she's removable from the Jeep. Although, I was wondering that myself, yeah. Although she wouldn't be posable. These figures aren't really posable, so she'd be in the no, city. <laughs> she'd be in the seat position. They're more like collectibles. Yeah. But as as for the Jeep itself, the Jeep looks fantastic. There's been some, I've seen some grizzles about, oh, it's not the right Jeep number and stuff like that, but get a sticker and put over it if you that if you that feel that bad about it. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, but it's a nice looking little Jeep. Um, and the figures themselves, the dinosaurs look fantastic. The T Rex has just got a big boxy head on it, which is just mm-hmm. like just like the Tyrannosaur. Yeah, it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dilophosaur's got a nice frill on it. Um, it's it's a pity it hasn't got as much vibrant colour in it. Is what the mm-hmm. uh, prop had, um, but the rest of the figures look look pretty good. I'm, it's interesting they done an Edry and not maybe a Muldoon. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure there'd be a second wave of figures coming after these if they uh, are successful. Which, from what I've seen online, they're probably going to sell out pretty quickly. <laughs> do you collect pop vinyls at all? I really do not. It's actually the only uh, pop vinyl figure that I have. Is a uh, My Little Pony Rainbow Dash collectible. Yep. Yep. Uh, as a uh, as a convention goer, I, I I've always seen them as the scourge of the earth. They're just everywhere. Um, oh my God, are they everywhere? <laughs> and... I worked at Toys R Us last Christmas season, and oh my God, the Toys R Us uh, near me has this one just wall. Not really a wall. It's like one of those island standees. In the middle of the aisle, and the thing is just overflowing with Pop Funko figures. Yeah. Nobody wanted to touch it. Nobody nobody wanted to uh, clean it up. Nobody wanted to touch it. We, it was basically a free-for-all. So that's one thing we're lucky over here. They haven't got to retail um, mm. <clears throat> like that. They, they're, they're still at um, like conventions and that sort of stuff, toy fair, trade fairs and that sort of thing. They're not really... Um, there is one retail still I read that sort of just started getting very small numbers in and as soon as I've seen that I've gone oh here we go <laughs> the floodgates have been opened but uh, just just for the most part they all seem like very generic yes they might have different costumes or different bodies but for the most part they're all pretty generic the same um, yeah they all pretty much have the same facial expression yeah stuff like maybe the ninja turtles there are there are figures that are sort of more unique and stand out a lot um, 
the, the dinosaurs from this upcoming line, especially, um, stand out. They look great, and that's something I'd probably mm. consider getting. Um, but then, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, open the floodgates <laughs> to these things at all. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it could be very easy to uh, get wrapped up in collecting these things. I know a buddy of mine collects some. Yeah. And he gets very wrapped up in it. Very much so. Yep. <laughs> oh, fun times. Mommy! Daddy! You've got to come see this! I found something! You find him? <sighs> Just the parts they didn't like. Check the cargo hold! The Navy crew down there! Everybody off the boat! Coming up next, uh... Interesting, we've seen this at the, uh, over the weekend. Some news coming from Real Tours Hawaii about, uh... Some production about to happen on Kauai. Um, details were very slim. There was some suggestions maybe the new film's about to start or possible reshoots for Fallen Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, since, uh, well, this morning when we've gone to uh, record, or today when we've gone to record this, that news has been taken down, which could mean someone's asked them to take it down or it could mean that uh, they found out it's actually a film and they're going to make a new post with what that film's going to be but mm-hmm. um, it's interesting going back to Kauai they haven't been there since the original Jurassic Park filming so well not entirely true they went back there for um, The Lost World ah oh, the yeah the, um, uh, yeah, the trailers up the valley shots there for yeah. The Lost World on Kipu uh, Ranch they did too yes sorry so I really would like if they did go back to Kauai, just because I don't think Oahu has the same feel as Kauai does. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, just something about the jungle just seems different. I'm not sure what it is, if it was just the filters Travol was using, but they keep going back to the same damn valley they filmed the Gallimimus Valley in. Yeah. And it's just, all right, we've seen it. This, this valley can't possibly be used for every single part of the island, you know? Yeah, and that's that's where... It's it's a beautiful spot. Um, mm-hmm. Cooler Ranch and all that's a great, great film location. There are some stuff like the uh, the water the waterfall area. Um, stuff like that where you've got that low-hanging, jungle-ish terrain that, that does look fantastic. Mm-hmm. But for the most part... Um, and it was very noticeable in, in Jurassic World, if, uh, for instance, when Masrani and Claire are flying in a helicopter, flying over sort of the area. It mm-hmm. just looks like a lot of like salt bush and small shrubby stuff. It doesn't look like jungle at all. Um, no, it doesn't. It just doesn't have that same jungle feel as Kauai does. I feel, and I, I think that's because Kauai is typically considered the most beautiful of the uh, Hawaiian islands, and Oahu, well. I mean, it's pretty, I'm sure, but it just seems to be more film-friendly, I guess, especially that one that one valley that's uh, on the ranch there. That, yeah. I forget the name. It's just that, I mean, everything's filmed there. The uh, Kong was filmed there. I've seen tons of commercials filmed there. Yeah, it's just, just, it's overexposed, I feel. You yeah, know? especially if Jumanji it's, just come out at Christmas time. Jumanji was all set on the ranch as well so it's just yeah um and i'm pretty sure i talked about this 
back when we first started about just how <laughs> overexposed that area is. Um, well, where it's good seeing it on on stage, on screen, and all that, but it's just it, it's taken the mystique away from it. Um, mm-hmm. Especially because they keep going back to film at this one valley, mm. and I mean there are so many valleys to you pick and choose from. Across the Hawaiian Islands. They could have gone to any of the islands, but they keep going back to this one ranch, and I don't know why. For the first Jurassic Park movie, they filmed all across Hawaii. They filmed, like, on every corner of it. And for Jurassic World, they just seemed to do do film in that one valley, and I think they returned for Jurassic Ranch for a few quick shots of the herbivore stampede in Jurassic World. But other than that, it was filmed almost exclusively on Kauai, I mean, on Oahu, and you can tell because mm. it looks different, you know. It yeah. Doesn't it have? It's got more like a thickness to less. What's the word? Uh, less not beauty, but less um, like natural mystique to the island, you know. Yeah. Whereas, uh, I mean, whereas Oahu has the that one ranch and. And the Honolulu Zoo and all those other couple little spots. Kauai had Kauai when they filmed Jurassic Park. They have in the Lost World. They went to Kipu Ranch. They went to um like all kind. They went to Blue Hole. They went to um they went they did the Napali uh, Coast. I mean it was just all. I mean all of it was just. It was all over, you know, and you could mm. tell that that variety, that it was a nice variety that they used and created this kind of bigger island that I felt they uh, was more natural because you had this variety, you yeah, know? Yeah, And they did the same thing with Isla Sorna. When you see in The Last World with, um, they filmed on a mixture of Kauai sound stages and redwoods, and it created this variety of flora that really made a sense of realism that you could tell they were moving across a distance you know mm. yeah and sort of especially with the, the um, Fallen Kingdom trail that came out um, there's that one shot looking down the valley and you can see the mountain explode mm-hmm. the, the best the best knowledge we know the volcanoes up in the north where the restricted zone is, is in the Jorosir Valley or Herbivore Valley is nowhere near that so I'd just love to see a fan edit of the Jurassic or the Nublar map and just cut and copy the um, the valley and just post it everywhere so the whole the whole <laughs> island is just that valley because that's that's yeah. what they're showing us really. Um, mm-hmm. Like the innovation center's got the the cliffs behind it, um, the monorails going up. So we know the monorail from the uh, from the wharf or the ferry or the, the harbor goes down to the south. So those same mm-hmm. cliffs go down to the south towards the harbour as well, and it's just, <laughs> um, it's one interesting thing I've been meaning to bring up for a little while too. Um, mm-hmm. our, our local version of Survivor here films in um, Samoa, and even just last week I was watching this um, a documentary series on TV here called uh, Mighty Ships um, that sort of look at cruise ships and where they go. And there was mm-hmm. one the other day I was watching that goes sort of out to Tahiti and does a lot of volcanic islands out there. Um, and I'll post some photos up to the group. Just a lot of um, a lot of those sort of volcanic, old volcanic islands in the Pacific there that just 
a real sort of dense and mysterious. Um, you've got the big cliffs that come up out of the ocean, mm-hmm. sort of like it's described in the Lost World novel. Um, and just real nice dense jungle that comes all the way out to the volcanic shoreline and stuff like that. And it's just fantastic looking area. Um, that even if they didn't film at Hawaii, it'd still sort of match that feel very well, especially if you're going to go for sort of like the lower or the southern southern plains and Ublar or something like that, where mm-hmm. we know from the novel anyway it was sort of semi-volcanic. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was. And I think the reason that why it bothers me is because Jurassic Park 3 did that. Despite yeah. filming majority on sound stages, what little they did film on Kauai was done in like one spot. Well, and you could tell. It doesn't feel like they're actually moving across the jungle. Yeah. It feels like they're just staying in one spot and just going around in circles, you know? Yeah, well, the uh, the airport or the runway um, area that was filmed for Jurassic Park 3 was exactly like I was saying earlier. Just It's not jungle. It's it's lower sort of salt plant, salt pan coming out to a beach. Um, mm-hmm. It, it just doesn't look doesn't look right. Even even in the first film, when they when the uh, helicopter's flying through the valley towards the uh, the helicopter pad, just the hills mm-hmm. are just covered in that sort of small shrubby bush or s- small shrubs and stuff like that. Same as when Alan and the kids are walking up to the perimeter fence, you just they're just walking between shrubs. It's not it's not jungle. It's not forest. Yeah, there's that variety that I like. You get shrub and you get jungle. Yeah, yeah. But it's actually done. It's not just. It's not like Jurassic Park three where they filmed shrub, uh, where they filmed shrub, and then they had all the jungle sets as sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might just be my uh, my ever wondering why why you'd have a a zoo on such a mountainous island because you're losing so much (laughs) terrain to cliffs and hills, but. Um, well, I believe I, that's definitely been asked plenty of times. I'm sure. Yeah. I wonder that myself. I mean, looking at the terrain of Isla Nublar, the it's just so much mountain. You know, I mean, there's so many mountainous areas. It it's basically Kauai. You know. Mm, yep. Yep. Like the Tyrannosaur paddock, we pull up at the Tyrannosaur viewing area, and there's just this massive well, mountain. There's a giant mountain there. <laughs> How much <laughs> how much roaming does the T Rex actually do? Uh, uh, I don't know. She's definitely getting her exercise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so we don't know what these reshoots are going to be. If it's reshoots for Fallen Kingdom or if it's something new. Um, mm-hmm. Again, as we've sort of said, we just show us some some more of the islands. Don't keep on going back to the ranch. I understand it for privacy reasons. Um, being able to set up there and do what they've done because. As you know, for the first film, they sort of went out to a lot of the remote locations. Um, the gates, the Tyrannosaur area was all up in remote areas where they had to sort of truck all this stuff in. And I'm sure it was mm-hmm. a, a hassle, especially with the rain and weather. Oh, yeah. Especially because Blue Hole is the most, is like the wettest spot on Earth. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And it's then. Like, <laughs> it gets more rainfall than any other spot on the planet. So. Yeah. Just lugging all that stuff through mud and uh, small streams and stuff. Because when you go out there, you have to go through like stuff like that. You have to go through mud and small streams to get there. Mm. And then try making a film schedule to align with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. Actors, trailers, production. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, we'll we'll see in the coming weeks what what this turns into, whether it's uh, Jurassic or whether it's something else. Dave, ready to get straight into seventy seven? Sure. As we went in minute seventy six to the Lost World, Roland and Carter and another hunter were going off to find Dita. After the group ignored Lolo's request to get up to move on, Nick stands up and says, "Come on, guys, let's get the hell out of here." And the group stands and starts to walk in the opposite direction. At the start minute 77, the group starts to walk off. And we get a concerned look from RJ's face as he looks back in the direction of his departing friend. At 76 and 9 seconds, we cut to the night time and the survivors' camp's been set up. Peter Ludlow's lying on his back sleeping, hip flask on his chest. We slowly pan across the creek bed where all the hunters are sleeping, out in the open, exposed. At 76 and 31 seconds, we cut to RJ, sitting up, holding his rifle, keeping watch. He hears a sound, and says Roland's name, before putting his rifle down, grabbing a water canteen, to run off to meet his friend. At 76 and minutes and 40 seconds, we see Roland and the group returning up the creek bed. Carter and the hunter pair off, and start setting up their sleeping arrangements. Well, Roland heads to a fallen log, joined by Malcolm. He asks Roland if they found him, but RJ hands him the water canteen and he takes a large drink, finally saying just a pass they didn't like. And as we end the minute, he asks for the map and pulls it out of RJ's bag and turns on a flashlight. And this ends minute 77 of Lost World. So not, not a lot happening in these next two minutes, although we do get the camera jumping around a bit, a fair bit. We, uh... After Nick's spirited words, the group gets up and starts down the path again, and uh, we get a shot here of RJ looking off in the direction of the departing Roland with a concerned look on his face. I always found it odd that RJ didn't go with him. Yeah, I did too. I was sorry. I, I would have thought that if anybody would have uh, followed Roland into death, it would have been RJ. But I think the idea here was that RJ was meant to be left behind to kind of lead the way. And and Ludlow just kind of took over and failed, so Nick did, you know? Yeah. Nick stepped up. Yeah, and I suppose it's just, again, the the back seat RJ takes in the film. Like, he should have have been there beside Sarah when uh, when Roland was leaving, Mm -hmm. um, getting sort of instructions or for the group to continue on. But then on the other side of it is too, you'd think, having more than one tracker going after Dita would make the task a lot easier and quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, because as far as we know, the, the hunters are just money for hire ex-soldiers or something, or someone that can shoot a gun, so it's not really... You wouldn't think tracking would be in their uh, resume, but... No, and IJ seems to be an expert tracker, you know? Mm. Yeah, exactly, so... But nevertheless, we cut to night time, and uh, we get Ludlow sleeping with his uh, mouth wide open, snoring. I'd, I've, I would have loved to see the little Spielberg insect joke here of just either something flying around his head and him swatting it, or even just something mm-hmm. climbing his mouth, <laughs> just, to, uh, just to upset his sleep. But um, I love, too, how the hip flask's resting on his chest with his hand on it. He must be must be a slow drinker, because that would have been mm. gone the first night with me anyway. <laughs> and uh, have you gotten to this uh, gotten this far in the script yet? The old script. 
No, no, it's something I need to do this week. Because, spoiler alert, but the egg does come back up again in this scene. Mm-hmm. The egg that uh, Burke stole, yep. he gets hungry, and so he makes a campfire. Oh, really? He tries to cook the egg before Roland appears and dump, and puts the fire out, and then and then he... And that's his introduction in this scene okay. before Ozzy looks back and says, Roland. Wow. Um, <laughs> I suppose just going to the egg itself, uh, unless you sort of get on the eggs when they're freshly laid, uh, <laughs> the embryo develops pretty quick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that would have been a surprise when he went to open it, and I could just imagine the smell. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. That would have been horrible. Oh, Burke, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to, um, yeah, I'll have to get on that, back on that script. It's one of those Mm -hmm. things over Christmas, just a lot of time we went camping, so a lot of time sitting there not doing a hell of a lot. And I was going to get the run sheets for the next few minutes done, and I was going to read the rest of the scripts and get me notes for them all done too, but in the end just sat there and enjoyed nature, so... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's one thing I always did love about this movie is that, in a way, it's almost like a camping trip with dinosaurs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I've we always uh, went camping when I, a lot when I was a kid, at least twice a summer, mm-hmm. or one once in the summer and then once again in like late summer, early early fall. Yeah. And so, it was always something that I enjoyed about this movie is that it's. Something that a kid spends with her dad camping out in the wilderness, and the dinosaurs attack. <laughs> yeah, well, as we see shortly, two tyrannosaurs. Uh huh. Um, but we get a slow pan right here as the uh, we see sort of a lot of the hunters sleeping on the ground, resting. Um, I can mm-hmm. only assume that's Nick we see before we get to the guy off the hat. It looks like his hair. Yeah, I think that's Nick. Yeah. It's sort of, it's interesting here, there's a lot of silhouette shots where you sort of see the outline of characters, the lights behind them, um, and yeah. you can't see their face. But uh, we cut again to RJ keeping guard, um, which again, sort of as we said before, if, if he's going to be there with the others, he's going to be there looking out for them, mm-hmm. um, looking for the signs of a predator, stalking them or something like that, but uh, he's there with rifle in hand. And it's, I love too, because this is all... On that, as far as we know, it's on the uh, the set, the big sound stage where the uh, the hunters camp, and that was as well, mm-hmm. and the baby tyrannosaur. But there's a like a slight wind blowing here, and you can hear the birds chirping or chirping mm-hmm. as well, which just again the the ADR, the foley work, and just the fact they're inside, but there's this breeze blowing through the trees. It just great work. You sort of hear something, looks off, and says Roland, and puts his gun down and grabs a canteen of water. Mm. I just found it interesting, the fact he dropped his gun there, and or so put his gun down and grabbed the water canteen. <laughs> no, I would have put the gun over my back and grabbed the canteen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, you assume it's Roland. I'm, I'm guessing he's seen him coming out of trees. Because um, we did have that, that sort of scene earlier with the aftershave bit, but I don't think they'd be wearing it here. No. But like I said, the thing that was supposed to announce him coming back was him uh, kicking Burke's fire and mm. putting it out. Yep. I do love the sound stage. I mean, the fact that they use like I'm I'm not sure what they use, but it's like a black kind of matte look to it. Yep. 
And it almost, it definitely makes the forest look like it goes on a lot further than it does, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, like, even later when the Tyrannosaurus turn up, like, it just looks like a big open area, a night mm-hmm. shot. Um, but we cut to Roland and the others sort of walking down the dry creek bed, um, reuniting after a certain amount of time. We're not quite sure. Um, I'd always assumed, especially when we get later to the village, it was early morning. Um, Here, I think it's late night still, because yeah. um, Ludlow, when he's at the giving his speech at the engine waterfront complex says he's grateful that everybody could come out in the wee hours of the morning. We need to talk about that when we get there because <laughs> I, that's one of the things because we do get that transition to the helicopter flying at night. Um, mm-hmm. And I, especially when we see the venture heading back to the islands, it's the next day. Um, I think the reporter says they're 18 hours away at that stage or something from getting back to sauna. So I, don't... Um, I thought they said they were halfway. Or oh, halfway, did they? There. Yeah, they were halfway there, and that was after the. I assume that uh, the venture probably would have left near or around daybreak. Yeah. Okay. I just would have assumed it'd be more like a twenty-four hour or more, especially for the I ship. I would assume but... so as well, but I think that the uh, UN probably wants these dinosaurs expedited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And knowing Engine, they would have wanted the same going there, you know. Mm. Yep. But that's all right. We can discuss that when we get there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, we get uh, Roland and RJ come forward to meet with Malcolm, and uh, Carter and the other hunter break away and um, find a place to rest. They sort of pick up a blanket, and um, Malcolm asks Roland, "Did you find him?" And RJ hands Rowan his canteen, and he takes a really long drink. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. we've, we've never seen Rowan carry water with him, so... No. And I don't, I don't think he'd be... I think he'd be smarter than to just... The first stream he comes across to drink out of it. Yeah, really. Though, I will admit, I did do that in the Redwoods. I think I mentioned that, didn't I? Yeah, yep. yep. Yeah. I, I found a uh, stream coming right out of the mountains, going into the ocean, and it was... Pure, beautiful stream water. Yeah. Clean. Yeah. Like, yeah. normally... Cleaner than tap water, honestly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, rock-filtered and that, yep. Yep. Really, the only sort of hazard you got to look for there is if there's a an animal that's died sort of further upstream, but you're never really mm-hmm. going to... And if you're further far enough downstream, again, it's sort of filtered out by then anyway. Just go near the running stuff and not the stuff that's sitting... Yeah, that's the that's the thing you do is that you always go for running, running water, not stagnant water. Yeah. Yep. Dis- otherwise, you'll get like dysentery. That's what um, I think Gennaro died of in the novels, which of course is coming back. Some for some reason, idiots thought the idea of raw water would be a good idea. <laughs> so people are drinking water that is unfiltered in any way. <laughs> and of course, people are going to get sick of it because dysentery is not the latest sensation sweeping the nation. <laughs> yeah, people. Some people don't realize that your body gets used to a certain sort of thing. If you've grown up drinking tap water and then sort mm-hmm. of go and drink stream or creek water, um, 
Yeah. Sometimes, especially in large quantities, it doesn't really... Uh, your body doesn't like it, <laughs> I'll say. But um, Roland finishes his drink and uh, says just the parts they didn't like, which you could assume would be bones and cloves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then asks for the map, which uh, RJ grabs out of his pack. I like how the entire this entire sequence is done in only silhouette. Yeah, again. Until Roland turns on the flashlight. Yeah. What? Yeah, like they're going off the silhouettes, yeah. just you know, mm-hmm. you know who's who because of their shape and hair. But wait, yeah. um, like Yanis Kaminsky uh, said of the Lost World is that something he really wanted to do was use more silhouette and shadow. Yeah. Because it would make the movie not just scarier, but we've seen dinosaurs in the flesh. We've seen, we've proven that we can see that we can recreate dinosaurs. Now, what Spielberg famously said is, we've We've shown the dinosaurs, now we got to show what we can do with them. Mm, yep. Which we got earlier with the roundup scene, the stegosaurs in the creek. Mm-hmm. Um, and just sort of adding these different elements. We're going to see some nighttime stuff later with the raptors and the pteranosaurs coming up. Yep. Um, and yeah, it just it really sets the mood too. Um, but he uh, sort of looks at the map and turns the light on, and uh, the minute ends with him saying, the operations building which um, we'll get to in the next minute. Mm-hmm. So anything else on 77 you want to get to before we get out of here for the day? No, I think we filled that out pretty well. All right. All right, guys. Let's get the hell out of here. Contact details are on the website, thelostworldminute.com. You can email feedback to thelostworldminute at gmail.com, Facebook, The Lost World Minute, Twitter, at The Lost World Minute, and Instagram, The Lost World Minute. Easy to remember. Yeah, yeah, very easy to remember. Right. <laughs> uh, David, thank you for joining me for this recording. And uh, we'll be back. I've been Brad. I'm Dave. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Goodbye. Talk to you later. Bye. It is absolutely imperative that we work with the Costa Rican Department of Biological Preserves to establish a set of rules for the preservation and isolation of that island. These creatures require our absence to survive, not our help. And if we could only step aside and trust in nature, life will find a way.